Hello and welcome back to the Clear Cruise podcast. Coming up this week, Andy Harmer talks with cruise advisor Sam Ballard about the industry and how it's changing. But before that, we sat down with the managing director of the Travel Village Group, Phil Nuttall. Enjoy. So I'm with Phil Nuttall from uh, Travel Village. Do I call it Travel Village or Cruise Village? There's a question. Um, I guess it's the Travel Village Group now. Uh, and you've been with the business how long? I have been with the business uh, since I left school at uh, 17, now approaching 51. <laughs> so that gives you an idea of how long I've been here. Quite a while. Yeah. But the business has been around a long time. So tell us a bit about the history of the business. Yeah, the business has been around uh, 60 years next June. And with the exciting news is that we're celebrating our 60th birthday with the industry, with trade. Yes, looking forward to that. Yeah, um, everyone's coming to Blackpool, which is nice. So there is life north of Watford. <laughs> And uh, yeah, the tower, Blackpool Tower is going to be the uh, the main event in the evening. So we're very excited about welcoming both my friends in the industry and the, uh, our tour operator partners. So that's going to be a great event. So yeah, 60 years, founded by my grandfather, the late Eric Bourne. And do you know what made him open a business? Um, he uh, started a post office business when he came out of the war. Um, he uh, started uh, the post office in Pittsill in Stoke. So they're all Stokies, and uh, he then had to move to Blackpool because my, my mum's brother had a problem with his lungs right. from the potteries and the smoke. Yeah. And the doctor said, uh, basically, have you ever been to Blackpool? And he said, yes. He said, do you ever have problems when you're in Blackpool? He said, no. He said, well, why don't you go and move there? How funny. Yeah, so my grandfather moved the business. He sold the post office and bought a post office where we are in Highfield Road now. Right. And uh, he started uh, selling uh, holidays over the post office counter, and he sold holidays for two years. He cycled up and down the promenade on his bike because we had no money to buy a car or anything. Wow. And he used to collect the money from the landladies, and he'd send them all off with uh, Clarkson's and uh, yeah. people at Castle Holidays, and send them all out to to Mallorca and eventually Benidorm. So. When the illuminations finished at the end of uh, end of October, beginning of November, all the landladies. Oh, so that's when everyone went. That was it, sure. and that was the business. And uh, he uh, he then built that business up to the point where Born Travel was uh, the biggest winter supplier of Thompson holidays, okay. uh, pretty much in in the UK. And uh, you know it was uh, incredible to see see that that grow. And on the back of the uh, the coach tours. You know, we then had our own direct tours operating from Blackpool, um, which was amazing. Mm. Uh, those those tours uh, went from outside the shop, and we had pickups at places like Blackpool Airport and Fleetwood up and down the coast. And right. I used to I came out of school. I used to uh, when I joined the business, get in the car, and we used to get up in the morning at half past six and pick the coaches up at the Fleetwood and drive down the coast and make sure everybody got the passports and things and off they'd go and, and then we'd put free transport on and we had coaches going uh, from outside the shop and up down the coast to take people to Manchester Airport right. to pick up holidays with Thompson in the winter and mm. into some. Yeah. Those were the days. Remember into some. Yes. 
So we, we, we did all that. You know, we had those famous moments where you all got your passports and somebody would go, no. <laughs> and then the wife would hit him over the head with the handbag. And, what are you doing? And So we'd offload them and we'd, we'd take them home, believe it or not, to pick the passports up. And then we'd drive up the motorway and uh, pick the coach back up at a, a service station or a bridge. So that's where the, the family service all right. started. I was going to say that that was obviously an early introduction to kind of customer service and looking after the customer. Absolutely. And that's what my granddad built the business on, basically. You know, Eric could uh, sell sand to the Arabs. And he's, uh, people in the industry will know him and some of the famous stories where we'd have customers sat in the office. Uh, Eric, can you, uh, can you get us away? You know, in a couple of weeks, we need to go to the Raymond Riviera and Benidorm. Always popular hotels. Yeah. Always full. You know, second week in November, and uh, and my granddad. So the the, the the staff would ring up uh, the the offices at Thompson's and they'd say, "Can you uh, see if there's any availability?" The, the Raymond Riviera in November. No. And my granddad would hear this, and he'd get up from his chair, he'd walk over, he'd pick the phone off them. Really. Eric born here. Born travel. <laughs> I've got some very special customers in front of me, VIP customers of ours. So I want you to ring out to the hotel or Telex. Remember that? Yes. Telex machines. <laughs> so he'd, he'd, he'd make them ring out or Telex out to the hotel. And uh, it, was, it was just great, this. And obviously, the hotel had come back. They'd, of they'd course. find a room. <laughs> so they'd, they'd go, oh, I believe it, we've got a room. So they'd go, Mr. Bourne, yes, we've got a room. Can you give us the name of your customers? And my granddad would go, what's your name, please? <laughs> <laughs> those VIPs. Oh, those VIP customers. Yeah. So he had the gift of the gab, which is a great thing. So from those early days, how did you end up drifting into crews? Well, we've always sold crews. Um, and, you know, 50-odd years I've been selling P&O cruises. And, of course, Cunard, P&O with Ariana, yeah. uh, Canberra, um, and... and Obviously, camera coming back from the Falklands and doing yeah. its, its farewell seasons, um, and iconic Queen Queen Elizabeth, the QE two, mm-hmm. and then of course the industry started to change, and um, we did sell cruise. The I think the emergence and the changes that Princess Cruises uh, brought to the industry, along with with the Royal Caribbean International, yeah, that was a big thing for me, and and, and actually the. The most iconic moment, the thing that'll stay with me forever in the cruise industry, was the launch of Explorer of the Seas. I think that was the game changer. I don't think anyone can argue with that. And uh, when when you walked onto that ship and you sort of like took a right turn and had a look down this amazing gap, the Royal the Royal Promenade, you know, no one ever imagined in the wildest dreams that that could be achieved on a cruise ship. And uh, I think for different reasons, uh, not necessarily second time, but for different reasons, none of us, you know, those who were there, remember the hairs that stand up on the back of your neck and uh, the tears that flowed when Cunard launched Queen Mary 2 and the, the lone piper yes. playing Amazing Grace yeah. on the top of the ship. That, that, when that sheet dropped, you know, and you've got, uh, you know, what have you, you know, done, you know, uh, I forget what the song was now. Um, it was the end people, wasn't it? Something, that's right, yes. Yeah, it was a hell of small. It that's was just right. absolutely what have you done to make you feel proud? Yes. I mean, magical moments. This industry has afforded us some very magical moments. And actually, both of those ships that you've mentioned, the, the Royal Caribbean ships that came in and Queen Mary too, are kind of still iconic design 
uh, and still still seen as, as you said, game changers. But but actually, the rest of the industry has changed and developed as well. Yeah, it has. Um, not more so. I think the two buzzwords in the industry now. I mean, when I were fast forwarding quite a bit here. Yeah. But let's let's be right. Uh, I think you look at um, the river industry, and who'd have thought? Yeah. Who'd have thought that? Uh, well, I did. <laughs> you knew. You so, were one of the very early adopters I, of river. Yeah, I think there's two or three of us. Yeah. Uh, my mates in the in the industry. They know who they are. <laughs> Juliet. Yeah. You know, his father at Blue Waters. Yes. Classic example, great business, mm. you know, another one, great foresight. And uh, yeah, th th to look and see that there was going to be growth in the river, I mean, why not? Yeah. Why not? Why would you not want to have a city break where you can unpack yeah. and pack once in a week? With great service, great food. Great. Amazing. And who'd have thought that the food that was produced on there was equivalent yeah. and equal to, yeah. you know, some of the most amazing Michelin star restaurants? You know, uh, I think that's that's been a big game changer. And now, when you're looking at uh, expedition crews, it's quite a, quite a buzzword, isn't it? It is a buzzword. But the thing that's exciting about expedition is that it's not only taking people to not just the far-flung corners of the world. Expedition isn't just about Antarctica. Let's be right. Yeah. But the technological advances that expedition is having to do and having to showcase in terms of the environment. Um, is a real, real game changer for me. You know, they they are showing that the the, the larger mainstream uh, cruise cruise partners, cruise operators, yeah. what is expected of them. Just because they're small and they can do this, they can do that, doesn't mean to say that the bigger boys can't follow suit. And I think now you're seeing Iona being positioned into the field. I don't think there's a, that's not a mistake. That's not by accident. You know that ship will be able to be LNG powered yeah. when it goes into the fields and it comes out of the fields, and I think we're going to see the, there'll be some big changes there. So not only in the fields, Alaska will be the next one. Yeah. I think you know we're already seeing the issues facing Venice. So the industry is is really changing, and and we're you know it's ever evolving. And so is the customer. So it, so so from your perspective, and with years of knowing what customers are looking for and how their demands have changed and the, the different experiences that they've been looking for, what 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 have been the major changes? Do you think in customer demand and customer expectations? Um, I'm going to be honest about this, and um, people who know me know that I'll always be honest in the best possible way. <laughs> You, we're going through this period, or we have been through a transition, where P&O Cruises is a great example, if I may use it, where customers have been used to the silver service, etc., and uh, the way cruising has always been. Yeah, there's been that big transition. We're moving to, you know, uh, alternative dining mm. or you know, non-reservation dining. Uh, customers have voiced their opinions and uh, some have voted with their feet uh, but I think on the whole the industry has done a really good job of educating people because it is a tricky thing you know old habits die hard yeah. so um, customers are, are now becoming younger which is a great thing I think yeah. it's always going to happen yeah. I think there's a lot more work needs to be done and I think that will we'll continue with the advent of some of the, the ships that, that are being brought out there you know, you're looking at the likes of Royal Caribbean, we've talked about MSC cruises, mm -hmm. 
um, you know, the innovation that you're seeing there with the deck space, where they're actually building ships to be positioned in various parts of the yeah. world. Very clever, South America, Caribbean, yeah. Far East. The customer is, is becoming educated. And so they are changing. It's not the fact of a customer, yes, we're going to book a cruise out to Southampton, thank you very much, or we might go to the Caribbean. And if we're lucky, we'll go to Alaska. So the customer has been educated, and not just by us, but by people down the pub. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and, and is there less resistance now? So if, if one of your team suggests a cruise to someone who's never cruised before, do you sense that they get it more now? Um... From, it's difficult for me to, to answer that because the, as we talked about our business is evolving yeah. we have only had a cruise only shop yeah. since 2012 uh, 2002, so 18 years when I broke away from the Bourne Travel and started the first independent cruise agency <laughs> in the house. Um, I think that I've been a little bit sheltered in terms of having the database of uh, retail um, land based passengers right um, so it's hard for me to comment and uh, have, have we been able to educate people and talk to them. Um, I think I find that more in the pub because what I'm seeing now is it's not just the ladies talking about, that, oh, I need to get him on a cruise. The fellows are actually talking more about, oh, I've been on a cruise, all oh, my friends have been on a cruise, you need to try this, you need to do that. As long as we make sure we put the right people on the right ships and we qualify the inquiries and I think that's really quite a big thing in the industry that's where our responsibility as travel agents lies and we're not perfect make no mistake and we're working on that all the time but if you're not qualifying the lead then how on earth can you put those people on the right product other than selling on price that's a challenge and much of that is presumably education-led and also first-hand experience and sharing knowledge, all of those good things. Yeah, and, and you know, Clear is a shining example of that. You know, the way Clear's moved forward and embraced technology, the podcasts, mm. you know, the things that we're doing now, this is the way in which where we can mould and shape, you know, the, the, the salespeople uh, and businesses moving forward. Uh, it's not going to happen just within that business. We all need inspiration. Yeah. That's why we go to conference. Yeah. We need to. It is, we can't turn off. And I say to my team, if you, the, the biggest thing for you when you go to a conference is there will be things that seem boring. There will be things that don't appeal to you. But you've got to keep your eyes and your ears open because there'll be one nugget mm -hmm. and maybe 20 seconds of something in a whole day or two days yeah. that can actually change your perception and change your business, uh, you know, so. so. So let's let's end by talking again about your business because there's always talk of death of the high street and things like that. And uh, is that, are you confident in the, the future of this business? I am confident. I mean, I've just actually put my, uh, my little girl in charge of the uh, the travel village, yeah. and uh, not she's... a little girl now. Though. Well, no, no, she's not. She's twenty, twenty, whatever, five, six. Yeah. I don't. <laughs> she, won't won't she won't listen. It's fine. No, he's good again. He doesn't know. What does he know? She's uh, doing a fabulous job. Uh, Jessie's uh, in in the travel village. She's got a great team there. Uh, young people. We've got some shining stars, mm. and we've got some great experience in there. So. 
or between them, between the, the five or six of them down there, that they're all learning from each other. You only have to look at the likes of uh, what Derek's achieved at Coloni. Yeah. You know, the trail finders. Mm. Um, even, you know, the growth of Hayes, you know, John's done well there. So there's no way on this earth I can see that the high street demising in terms of uh, quality. I think, yes, there are changes in the high street. Yes, there are closures and there will continue to be closures. Mm. I think that, that what, what's happened there is that we're seeing the businesses that are investing in their people, pe businesses that have got a clear strategy uh, and, and businesses that are not complicating things, not selling all things to all people. Right. And, and the high street, is a, is a, is a future there and, and that we're seeing those parts of the high street grow. So, yeah, I'm excited about that. Otherwise, I don't think I'd have invested in the high street. Yeah, of course. Uh, and you mentioned your 60th birthday next year. Presumably, there's at least another 60 years in... Not in me. <laughs> <laughs> you flatter me. Well, you we will be surprised. Yeah, it's, it's exciting. And, and I'm keen for the people in the business and for Jess to, uh, to keep moving the business forward by challenges to... Uh, let go gracefully uh, and, <laughs> and, uh, and steer the ship. Well, we wish you well and thanks for taking time to talk to us. Andy, it's an absolute pleasure. I love this industry and, uh, and anybody who works in this industry should be very proud and uh, they should have a, that passion moving forward. So I'm lucky enough to be joined by Sam Ballard. Hello. Hello, how are you? Good, thank you. How are you? I'm very well, thank you, very well. Why don't you introduce yourself? So, I, my name is Sam Ballard and I'm the co-publisher of Cruise Advisor, which is a trade title that we've been doing for four years now. So what led you to create Cruise Advisor? I was working for another trade title, and which was digital, and I'd always wanted to go back into print. Um, myself and Anthony, who started it, um, we met at university, and we've always loved doing um, doing print, like print magazines. And I guess we, I when I first started at university, just after that, we were doing uh, like music writing. And okay. And you get to go to kind of get to go to gigs and, and festivals, and it was really and that was great. But then, kind of moved to London, got a job with a travel um, publisher, and suddenly it was. It was all about travel. It was going away <laughs> rather than going on. Yeah, never looked back. Okay. And Cruise, four years ago, you obviously still saw that as an opportunity for a new publication, a new title. Completely. I think there was, I remember when I was, when I was first starting Cruise Advisor, we went around to a few travel agencies just to kind of, just to gauge what, what knowledge was like with some high street and just to kind of see if there was a need for something that we were doing, so basically like market research. Hmm. Um, and it became evident that, that there probably was. Because I guess it's interesting that every, you know, lots of publications, lots of hmm. bodies such as Clear, lots of cruise lines invest in training and yet there is still continuous need for education in this area. Massively. And I think one of the things that's most exciting about the cruise industry is is how fast it's growing, mm. and especially when you look at the infrastructure. I mean, you only have to look at some of the ships that were that were around kind of 10, 15 years ago compared to now, and there's no other sector that I know of that, that has changed that rapidly. I mean, we were just talking just now at the um, Expedition Roundtable, and it's, it's so exciting that everyone around the table had, had at least one new ship 
that yeah. was going to be coming out. I felt left out. I didn't have a ship coming out. <laughs> <laughs> and, and is that the big change, just the growth? Or have you identified other big changes in our industry? There's, there's, there's definitely um, passenger demographics, I think, that are looking at changing. You've got the, the rise of solos, which is a big thing. So we also produce a magazine called Solus, which, which we started about two, three years ago. Um, it's, it's, it's a huge area, and you, and you now notice it that when, when you've got lines that are launching ships, they are adopting a, a more of an ethos that's more friendly to solo passengers. Mm. And they read somewhere that when you've got Antarctica, for example, that a solo passenger is twice as likely to go to Antarctica as they would be. Because it's such a, an immersive experience, I guess. It, completely. And I think it, it's... If it's a bucket list destination and you've got a solo passenger, they will go to someone. And they're not necessarily single. Right. They could be in a relationship, but they just they want to go to a place their partner might want to go somewhere else. So they will definitely kind of like Antarctica is where they want to go. Do you ever struggle for what to write, or is it more of a case of what, what not to write? <laughs> um, we, you, we, we often talk to travel agents about what we want to talk about. So we, we work with people like Advantage, Claire Advantage, very, mm. very closely. We obviously now work with Abta yeah. very closely as well, and then yourself. So it's, it, it's kind of, it's coming to events, it's engaging, and, and, and seeing where the industry's going. I mean, when we first started, I think we quite early on started going to the Clear River Convention. And yeah. then, as we were discussing in the roundtable, it was very much kind of the growth of river was, was something that was was on everyone's lips and yeah. everyone was really ex is still excited about it still is yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, not, yeah. it's not over <laughs> um, and it was it was that it was it was the kind of it was that growing area and it, it was looking at those kind of those kind of and also how you can help travel agents I guess so yeah. so, so we we won an award earlier this week at the travel media awards for a piece that we did on um, millennials it's actually the same piece that we won a, a clear. Yes, yes, I remember. There you go, multi-award-winning piece. <laughs> um, and I think millennials is a, an area of the industry that a lot of people are really, really excited in. And it's it's how to attract that new to cruise customer, how to kind of get the younger people on board. And I think when the people look at our magazine, hopefully, we're quite a young team, and that is a message that we like to kind of kind of put across yeah. in a big way. That there is a cruise for everyone. So one of the benefits, I guess, of cruise writing is that you get invited to ships and to sail. So is there a kind of standout experience that you've had cruise-related over the last four years? Over the last four years, I have done some incredible um, cruises. I've been, I've been really, really lucky. So I went to Burma okay. when that was three years ago. I proposed to my now wife in Burma with Pandor. Um, and that was at the Irrawaddy. You were was, romantic. Oh. Well, I was petrified when I did it because it was, because there's obviously kind of crew everywhere. And they're all, like, you can imagine that it would just get announced. And I was like, oh, I do not want to do that. So I made up this kind of, like, thing of where we'll get up at sunrise to open your presents. Nice. And she was just kind of, like, not having it at all. <laughs> <laughs> like, God, she wasn't happy. Um, and got up and did it. And then, yeah, uh, yeah it, was, it was lovely. It was, well, that must have been a very special sailing. It was, it was lovely. Um, but I've also done, we did a butter cruise around Indonesia this year, Caribbean with P&O last year, it was amazing. Like, yeah, we've done some, some really, really, really fun kind of trips. And a lot of the industry events in, in cruise yeah. are a lot of fun. It, it, it seems like it's an industry where people kind of come together a lot more. Like you can't imagine an airline event that people would be as 
hospitable towards each other. I think it's something that's very unique and very special about the cruise industry. Uh, so what's next, do you think? What things should agents be looking out for next from cruise? I think Virgin Voyages is obviously very exciting. Yeah. They've just announced that they're going to have a tattoo parlour on board. Yes. Which, I mean, I guess a lot of it's kind of getting it right between something that's exciting and something that's perhaps gimmicky might be a strong word to you. But it's kind of, it's looking at, at that kind of angle. Like if you're selling to a new cruise pass customer, which is obviously where everyone wants to go, what is, what is it that they're going to be looking for? What's exciting? When you've got a brand as powerful as Virgin, how can travel agents cultivate that and harness it in order to kind of to grow their booking thing? That's, that's a massive area. Another one is expedition. Yeah. I think when you look at some of the destinations that are opening up, the fact that now you can travel to places where you couldn't holiday otherwise. And I think that is, that is such a big area and you'll get those passengers that you would not get on a cruise otherwise perhaps. And we know from repeat booking stats that once you do get someone on a cruise, the likelihood is that they will take one again and again and again. It's just getting them on that in the first place. Excellent. Well, we look forward to seeing you at an event soon and congratulations on your award. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. So that's all from us this week. Tell us your thoughts and share with us your New Year's predictions as we get closer to 2019. What do you think is the next step for the industry? Uh, tweet us using the hashtag ClearPod and of course don't forget to subscribe to keep up with each episode as it happens. Thanks for listening. My name is Toby Cruz. Happy cruising. <laughs>